0: blog talk radio you've been listening to Sylvia Global with your host Gail Silva. finally a global program specifically for wealthy philanthropic women who are humble gracious leaders Sylvia Global's host Gail Sylvia invites you to join her in these conversations with first ladies of nations households business and communities Trustworthy, live conversations with women from around the globe provides a place for your voice to connect with women of integrity, passion, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Gail Sylvia. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Tasha with Devoted Moms. How's everybody doing
1: out there? Regina! Hi, everyone, Devoted Moms, I hope you're listening. We've got a great show for you today. This is our um, first uh, kind of independent show, and we're so excited. So, Tasha, how are you? Yes. Okay, so can we just be real for a second? I'm okay. a little nervous. I'm a little okay. nervous. What about you? Okay. That. that I, I'm feeling <laughs> that way, too. I've been a very devoted <laughs> mother from about 730 this morning. Until about two minutes ago, when I just dashed out of a parent-teacher conference for my daughter, and so I'm just I'm, I'm hoping that there are other devoted mothers that are going to support us and um, are, are are there for us as well as we are there for them.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. I think it sounds like we both had the same kind of morning. They actually had a um, muffins and moms uh, gathering today at Jordan School, so I was able to go to that. Um, and then rush back and get some stuff done before before the show. So I think um, I think I think we will have some people out there that, out there that understand exactly what we're going through today. Oh my know, goodness!
1: I know, I know. So I
0: just wanted to welcome everybody to the, to our devoted moms show. And uh, if you want to join us also on Facebook, we're at devoted moms on Facebook. Also at Twitter, at Tasha and Regina. So feel free to to join us there. Ask any questions. Or, your, or leave your comments. We'd love to know what you thought about our first show. Um, and so today we're going to talk about a little bit about transitions. Um, Regina and I have been doing this thing, this friendship, doing life together for 20 years, and we've seen enormous transitions in our lives. And one thing that remained constant through all these transitions is our faith. So I, um, So we thought we would just share kind of with you what, what we've been through and, and how we got through it and some of the, the bumps and bruises that we that we got on the way because um, there are definitely a few, right?
1: Right, right. I think the other thing is when we think about transition, um, Tasha and I kind of thought about our show just so um, folks would know. Um, we'll probably have a topic uh, that we may spend a couple of shows on. And because transition is such a broad idea – um, and experience, we thought today we would really talk about um, our transition um, as mothers from I was a um, married mom with a very planned pregnancy um, and then one surprise pregnancy, uh, and I had waited quite a while um, to make sure everything was in place, um, that society said needed to be in place to become a mom and to be a good mom. Um, and now I am, in fact, a single mom. And so we'll talk about what that transition was like and some of the aspects of transition. transition. And then Tasha's experience was kind of um just the opposite. Uh Tasha was a was a single mother first and then um God totally sent her um a wonderful gift named Kenny, uh, for she and her daughter uh to become a family with. And so she became uh you know, a co parent Um, from being a single parent, uh, and there's great challenges even with that. Sometimes we think, oh, there's another person um, to kind of help, but sometimes that can be difficult depending on, you know, each is kind of parenting philosophies. So we're really hoping that there are some folks who can share um, with us your experiences and how how it worked for you uh, so that we can just keep on passing along what works um, because we definitely can spend a lot of time on um, what the difficulties were, but we do want to stay very positive and strength-oriented um, about, you know, just about how we dealt with the transition and what were some of the things that needed to be in place.
0: Right, right.
1: So well, um, I guess I'll start on
0: my end. Um, you kind of mentioned a little bit about it, so I'll kind of give a little background on it. But I did, I did start my journey into motherhood as a single mother, And, you know, when I was younger and I used to always think about being a mom, that was one of my things. I never had a book, like, with wedding pictures or what my wedding would look like, interestingly enough, like a lot of girls do. Regina, did you have that? I know. Did you ever make that book? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I never made I,
1: that book I was a perpetual auntie I was going to be oh, right. pretty much an auntie forever I really liked the idea of auntiehood And I also wanted uh, my own But I'll talk more about that later So go ahead <laughs> Okay. So, but I did
0: always dream about being a mom um, And I just envisioned what my family would look like And you know the course was a little different for me And some of the decisions I made It, it just yeah. didn't happen that way um, Entering into motherhood So I started off as a single mother Very very scary time um, and mixed, mixed feelings because I was super excited about the opportunity to become a mom, but again, it wasn't that wasn't the path that I that I would have chosen. And so I had some decisions to make, but in the end, I definitely knew that um, that this was a godsend, and I was just going to make the best of it. So I did go through um, my pregnancy and um, the first about year and a half of Jordan's life by myself. And then I was. Excuse a me. Yeah, well, well I'm not really by myself. Oh, you're by right.
1: yourself. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I wasn't by. Yeah, you're right.
0: Correction. Correction. Thank Keep you. Me. You are right because really, I had an extremely amazing support system, and so no, it did not manifest itself in a partner and a father figure at that time but it was definitely my parents my bestest friend in the whole wide world regina other friends and family members that were extremely helpful in my journey um i mean i even think about friends that i lived with during that time and Mm -hmm. job offers that i received during that time and all those things that happened in that year and a half before i got married that I, i don't know how i would have survived without i really don't and so even for single mothers out there who feel like you're alone, just kind of setting up that support system, however that may look, a brother, a sister, a best friend, a, a boss, that'll get you through each and every time because I know it did for me and for us, for Jordan and I, it was it was tremendous. So thank you well, for the correction. You're right.
1: <laughs> well, and I also think that that is a part of um, managing single, being a single mom is that sometimes mm-hmm. you do feel so like you're very much by yourself. Um, and then you get a phone call from someone who reminds you that you aren't, uh, that you may be Mm -hmm. doing it differently um, and a little bit unorthodox, um, according to our society, but it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, Jordan is incredibly smart and, you know, an awesome person. And so, you know, there's lots of evidence that what you did in her early years were were, um, very beneficial to her. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree. You're so correct. So um, so once I met, well, Kenny and I have actually been friends for years. Regina has actually known Kenny almost as long as I have. And it's funny because she noticed some things between Kenny and I that Kenny and I never even noticed. I mean, we were just oblivious. We just thought we were friends and would kind of go through life as friends and just friends, um, and we're perfectly fine with that at the time. And then, you know, shortly after Jordan... Was born. There was just something there that that started to blossom, and uh, and we started to grow a long distance relationship. With which in itself, it can be kind of rough, and got, that could be a show topic too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So just well, you know, d- managing d- dating that dating as a single mom dating. is mm-hmm. will definitely. I mean, that's really imperative because even though we're. Um, you know, mothers, and that's our priorities. We also are women, and we're also um social animals and so, yeah, I think we should totally open it up to talking about how do you manage the social life or bringing other people into your child's life um as a single parent
0: yeah, I agree so um so we started dating things you know got serious pretty pretty early on we We got engaged about a year after we started dating and then, you know, set our wedding date about a year after the engagement. And there's there's one thing that I've noticed that I do in my life, and I know, Regina, you, you kind of catch me on this sometimes, is when I'm very grateful and thankful for something, and I don't know, listeners, you might go through this as well, but when I'm grateful and thankful for something and, and something tremendous is happening in my life, I do tend to just focus on the, the great part and the part that's that's wonderful about it. And I tend to ignore some of the stressful things that can come along, but just the natural stressful things that come along with major changes in your life. And so I didn't I didn't recognize or even give any thought to what it would be like to move my daughter and I from one state to another. You know, the state where I had built a, a, a circle, where I had built friends, where I had a job I really loved and I was climbing, climbing the ladder there and, I was leaving all of that to move to Florida to be with Kenny. And although it was a blessing and I was getting ready to be married and it was awesome, I didn't acknowledge what I was leaving and and how I was sad, you know, to be leaving those things and starting this new life that was kind of scary. And I didn't really acknowledge it. So soon after I moved to Florida, I think it was really within two to three days, uh, I uh, came down with shingles. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I think
1: that um, we know that is a manifestation of you kind of sucking Mm -hmm. it up and denying the stress. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah,
0: I I had I remember that happened, but wow. Yeah, and I went to two doctors, and they both were kind of like perplexed as to why a 28 year old has shingles, because typically (laughs) that happens. And your grandmother and your great grandmother
1: <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: And um so they both were kind of in shock and were asking me, Well, what's going on? And at first I was like, I don't know, life is great. I mean I'm getting married and we just moved and I have a two year old and so then when I start spewing off all this stuff, the doctor said, Well this is exactly why you have it You know, you're you know, you're just loading all this stuff on and not and not acknowledging the stressful part of it. So, you know, I definitely encourage anyone out there that's that's going through a change that may be welcomed to still acknowledge, you know, what you may be walking away from. Because um, being a single mom, you know, it, it's painted as some sometimes the worst thing that could ever happen to you. But my experience being a single mom was not the worst thing that ever could happen to me. There definitely were some bumps in the road, but... You know things like being able to make decisions for Jordan all by myself <laughs> without having to consult anybody. I miss that sometimes, <laughs> you know, being able to go to the store and buy a cute outfit that may be a little too expensive, but mm-hmm. I don't have to clear that with anybody. I miss that why? sometimes, right, you know, so there right. were definitely some perks about about being a single mom <laughs> um, so <laughs> why is she wearing that to school? <laughs> right <laughs> exactly, yeah. so I definitely encourage people that are going through through that right now and going through changes, even though they're welcome to you don't have to sit and mope and complain about it for for an hour, but just to kind of acknowledge that I'm gonna miss this, I'm gonna miss this and I'm gonna miss this, and I'm gonna miss this, but thank you, Lord, for this, this, and this that I'm about to gain from from my new change and my new
1: transition. Right, right. Well, I, and I think the other thing too is that there is a bit of denial. You know, the denial that right. um, the change is going to affect you. Um, the denial that um, I just should be so very grateful right now that you know I've you know found someone who is willing to father my child and um, you know it, you know join with me at this part of my life when you know there's so many negatives. Um, ch- you know, things that are highlighted for folks. And, and I saw you doing it with such grace, um, but I think you also did it, you know, you know, kind of like, you know, let's put on a happy face. And, right. and I can now, you know, from my side, I did, uh, you know, I, I am a chosen child, which is also known as the child who was adopted. Um, and I was adopted by uh, kin folks or by relatives, and so I had a desire to to birth a child or you know have this physical connection. Um, and the older I got, of course, the more intense that got. And and I was in a marriage that you know we were totally uh, in sync together on wanting to start a family. And it took us about five right. years, and once we did, um, you know, nine months later, my oldest was nine months when I found out on April Fool's Day that I was expecting number two. And um, it was, you remember that was April Fool's, and everyone said, oh, yeah, I do. tell somebody, they would call back and say, what are you doing, April Fool's? And I'm like, no. Just because I just... <laughs> It blew completely blew me away talking about. Okay, that so I, wait, I, back up, back up. <laughs> because, oh. wait, I just have to tell you guys.
0: That, so, yeah. she's on the way to the doctor's office, right, y'all? And she's, she's like knowledge. freaking out because she doesn't know what she's is wrong, wrong with her, cheating? and she thinks she she's got therapy? cancer. I mean, and she's like, I think her. it's well, cancer. Well,
1: so My body or, was doing or, things or, I didn't or, understand. I see it.
0: And, it's just, and so I'm praying, and I'm going, Lord, please let everything be okay. Um, and so I, I, it was just so funny. And so he called me afterwards and um, no, I,
1: I don't have cancer. I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. And who else was pregnant at the same time? And I was pregnant at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so this wasn't planned,
0: you guys. Our kids are six weeks apart, and it was not planned at all. Isn't that great?
1: <laughs> so so my denial around the transition to becoming a single mom was, okay, I'm got my family now, and, you know, it's time, so let's do it. Let's do play dates and soccer matches. And, um, and sadly, I... Um, had a spouse who didn't quite, uh, it wasn't as wonderful as I think that maybe the inception or the concept was. And it took a lot of work and a lot of effort, a lot of sleepless nights, and all of you who have newborns, imagine, you know, uh, it's a 16-month-old and then you've got a newborn. And so, you know, it just became very difficult, and about two years or so into being in parenthood, um, we needed to separate. He was not um ready or willing to create a positive environment uh and to support the household and so you know for the longest i mean i I did everything I could not to be a single mother. I was so fearful that I did not have what it you know what it took to do what Tasha had done. I was like mm-hmm. i just i don 't know how i'll do that now I was working full time and acquired you know a a a master's level education, but I did not believe, I thought I could be a really good auntie Gina, but to think of like sole responsibility being on me, I was, I just, I just could not imagine it. And, you know, Tasha, we, you, you were there, I mean, with me through the late nights of like, you know, he's going to get better. It's going to get better. and, you know, the denial was so deep. I mean, I took him to the metal, to the emergency room to see maybe there's a mental break or there's something he's coming down. <laughs> there was so many, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to go to counseling. And and then I also just said, okay, well, if you want to be married to me, then let's at least co-parent. So I went straight into co-parenting, and at the time he had about as much desire to do that as, you know, going to the dentist. And mm-hmm. it it. it I could imagine, Tasha, I must have looked really crazy during that time. No, I wouldn't say you were crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But I definitely
0: definitely remember thinking, if, heaven forbid, I ever had to to go through something like this, there were definitely times and key points that I remember that that, that the the way that you handled it is how I would handle it. Because there were just times when I just, you know, I used to snap my fingers and twist my neck, thinking, Now I would not do that, and you know I would do this, this, and this, but i one one key thing I remember going through that journey with you is that you always kept the girls in 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 first place. It was always mm-hmm. always about the girls, so even if whatever it is you were doing didn't best serve you you know, Uh or a big inconvenience to you or kind of helped him a little bit,
1: it didn't Uh matter
0: because you always kept the girls first. So it didn't matter, yeah, yeah, okay, so what if it helps him or benefits him or gets him off the hook a little bit because in the end the girls are going to benefit and the girls are always going to remember who had their back, always. That's never going to be a question. So I Mm -hmm. always remember that when I would go through my own transference <laughs> you know i would go through my own how i would handle that and this is what you should do girl no mm-hmm. you know you always kept it kept it girls focus kept the kids focused. so i'll always yeah. remember
1: that well and that's easier i mean that's easier to do but i tell you one of the things that i learned i um am a huge proponent for mental health and so um you know uh Ladies, you'll hear me say, you know, couch time is a r- is is very helpful for uh, for lots of people. Um, and couch time can mean you going to see a therapist once a week for an hour, um, and not being able to verbalize anything but just crying that hour. And then, you know, the next week you come back and you're like, at some point, am I going to stop crying? But really, working through, you know, w- what are the challenges and you know what's played into it being such a fear um and I think with my denial, you know it went on you know as long as it needed to go on because it was part of my journey, but the breaking point um when it became very clear uh that this was not a marriage that was that was gonna stay intact, I then had to shift into. It's about the girls. They need at least one same parent, and uh, instead of the couples counseling, it transitioned into, you know, how are you going to make this transition into being a, um, a parent, a single parent. And so I was very fortunate that Tasha had some experience in it. Um, there were other you mm-hmm. know folks that I found out later that were, had been single parents and were now married and you would have never known it. Um, and so God just kept on putting positive reinforcement. And then, as I said on our first show, you know, it, that's a point where I was very open and I'm very um, connected with my dad. And he said to me one day, well, you know you have what what you need to do. this And I'm like, Dad, I don't really know that. And when he said that, um, you know, he's such a huge influence. On my life, and you know how I've you know thought things. It was what I needed. I I mean, he he's not the kind of dad that would be like, "Oh, baby, you got it." It, it was like he knew exactly how to, in a very intellectual way,
0: um,
1: right. you know, say, "You got what you need. You can do this." And and then just left it there, and then said, "So, what do you need?" You know, and I I needed to. To figure out, you know, how to do the budgeting. You know, how was I gonna make it on one income? Um both of the girls were in full daycare uh and they were still in in the under three rates. And so those who know and are paying for daycare, you know that's like hundred and ninety a week if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um so and imagine that lucky. time two. Mm-hmm. And so it was making sure that I also um I spent time with the kids caretakers to explain what was going on so they um would help uh manage and let, alert me to how this change was was affecting the girls. Uh the okay. other part of it is that I've been connected very closely with um with a church that when I sat down and I was like, you know what, I, I don't I I do know that God's um such an a crucial and important part of my life has always been but I really need to hand this over. You know, it's not right, even like right. you know, let me control what I can control. It was like, Lord, please take this from me. And Ooh, that? Work control. Was a, there was, there was, a, yeah, there was a process to that. Um, yeah. You know, to finally relinquish um, that I didn't have to do it all. That I had um, lots of incredible support systems. That manifested um you know Tasha, of course, being one of my majors, but I also have a um a male cousin, my cousin Rick, that I hope that will have on as a phenomenal father who just continued to encourage and support and you know mm-hmm. call me on you know when I was doing something a little crazy, but also just that that support of you know, hmm, this is kind of nice, I can choose bedtime when I want to um. <laughs> and starting to see some of the perks of it. Yes, if I want to get her ears pierced, hmm, that dad won't return right. my phone call. So, hmm, I'll just have to make that decision. Uh, so it was very, it was very interesting, and it also allowed for me to um, relocate. I didn't want to leave. I wanted immediately, of course, to move to, you know, the, back to the south to Georgia where Tasha was and where my parents are. But I right. didn't do that because I did not want the girls to, at any point in time, be able to say to me, "Why did you keep me from your father?" And so mm-hmm. I did relocate to a different jurisdiction, and that was because I knew I couldn't afford private school. So I found a jurisdiction that had really good public schools, and um, sold a house and. Went through that process um, and then moved us to another county and prep for my eldest daughter to begin school. So you know, it really was um, working through it um, and envisioning. You know, it was kind of funny because I didn't have to get anyone's approval about you know even the town right. home I decided to live in. Timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Or, laughs> yep, mind. It was your choice. It was a little bit overwhelming, but it was also kind of like, hey, you know, I'm in charge here. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, Well, um, check it out. We have a question. Oh,
0: okay, great. Yeah, we had a question online from an anonymous listener. So, anonymous listener, we hear you. Um, This person's actually calling from Maryland. And her question is, I'm going to give you this one, um, Gina. Her question is, when do I know that I'm in denial versus really needing help? I am so used to being the strong one, in quotations. I'm so used to being the strong one in the
1: family. Um, I think that you already know. I think that what I want to do is encourage you to act on it. Though, you know, I know that I kind of go through this process. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, really, no one's going to take your birthday away. Um Go ahead and have, to me, when you enter into a therapeutic relationship, it gives you permission. You are now employing someone to listen to you and help Hmm. pull out what you already know. And it, it is an investment. And so if you're feeling that that's where you are right now, you already know. It might be that it, would be great to partner with someone who has a very objective um, point of view that can show you um, how, if you want to change some things, what those changes look like. And Mm that they're not changed, it's interesting, I've been reading Confident Woman by um, Joyce Meyer. Incredible book, ladies. If you want, you know, that plug of I can do this, you know, God wants me to do this. Check that book out, Confident Woman by Joyce Myers. Um, But one of the things she says is that as women, we make decisions sometimes with our emotions. And even though that's a beautiful part of us, um, sometimes those emotions aren't the most logical. And so um, it's helpful to have someone, even if it's for one hour a week, to help uh, you hear, you know, what's really going on. And where is this rooted? And, you know, have you relinquished some power? If you are the strongest, um, you know, the strongest has to continue to eat their spinach, if you're pot pie, or um, exercise your muscles. And so it's just gaining another tool that you, you deserve. And when you find the right therapist, it's just like finding the right hairdresser. You know, you will you will drive for miles if your the person, your style your hair goes and moves you know an hour away because that's the kind of connection and the kind of fit that you need with in a therapeutic relationship. And sometimes right. we have a bad experience and then we are like, oh, therapy doesn't work for me. It does work. It means that the person it wasn't a good match. So no more than if your car broke down and the first mechanic didn't fix it right, you wouldn't just let your car sit. You would go find another mechanic. That's good. And so I just, I really encourage for you to, um, you know, look at if you're employed. There are employee assistance programs where you don't have to pay a dime. Uh, There is lots of, now with mental health parity under Obamacare, um, we now can get reimbursed for our mental health benefits. Or if you have to pay out of pocket, it is an investment that, to me, between connecting, and my church even talks about mental health um, and how you really can't kind of, you know, just pray out of it. (laughs) Um, Right. God gives us wisdom and gives us people around us to, and and even in um, in the scriptures, there's always a seeking of counsel. There's very few decisions that are made by themselves, and so I just, you know, really want to um, support you in recognizing, you know, denial is not just the uh, river in Egypt, and feeling and knowing that's where you are means that you may be ready to move to the the state of action, and and that's scary, but I want to just tell you one of the things, you know, Tasha and I have a couple of sayings, but. In this case, I would really say, Tasha, around our fear and faith cannot coexist. Right. They cancel each other out. If you are fearful, then you are not. It, your faith is really being shaken. If you can take that full that step, the the fear goes away, and you just push through it. I mean, we've all given birth in some form of fashion and had to push through some pain. Um, mm-hmm. and, but we didn't. But we didn't die. <laughs> you know, we, didn't die. we made it. We, we made, made it. it. And so having faith and um, really saying, you know what, I am going to. I am a strong woman, and I have, you know, the capacity to know that I got to pull in somebody to help me kind of figure this out. Exactly. And your family will benefit from it, especially your children, mm-hmm. because they are so in tune to your. the things you're feeling, they actually will give it work. My girls will tell me sometimes, Mommy, are you tired? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just want to encourage, you know, the person who wrote in, I appreciate that you're listening. And I just, I really am um, hoping that you will take that next step for you and for your family. And know that God's got it. God's got it. All right, we have another
0: question from a listener in Ohio. Okay. Um, She asked us, or he or she, I won't assume it's a a she, a he, (laughs) what steps would Tasha and Regina recommend in order for me to help, excuse me, in order for me to get help budgeting? I am a terrible money manager. Um, So I could probably take this one. And this one kind of ties in.
1: (laughs) She said, oh, yeah.
0: This one kind of ties in to, to what Regina said about, you know, if you went to someone and you took your car to someone and, and it didn't work, you wouldn't just drive around with a broken car. You would take it to, to somebody else until it was Can you drive
1: around with a broken car? Oh, it depends on how broken so. it is. I'm sorry. depends that.
0: on how broken. A little broken, a little broken. <laughs> so, so for us, you know, when Kenny and I got married and we brought in our debt and our, our budgeting habits that weren't good at all, um, we figured that the two of us together, we would strategize, we would make a plan. We're both educated. We both we can do this. This is easy. Like we can do this. And so for the first few years of our marriage, we just we came up with a plan and we came up with another one. Excel sheets here, Excel sheets there. It was it, it never worked. We never were on the same page and never came together. And so what we finally realized was that this is just something we need help with. And that is okay. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, that is
0: probably the biggest message I could tell you today is when you need help with something, this whole um, quotation marks around supposed to know, what you're supposed to know. You don't know what you don't know. And Mm -hmm. so Kenny and I just didn't have the right tools and the right language to figure this thing out. So we finally went to, um, we heard a lot about Dave Ramsey's. Financial Peace Class. I've heard about mm-hmm. it from a few friends, and so we we finally decided to take that course, and it was a life changer for us. What I, a couple things I liked about the class. First of all, if you don't have the money, you can get a scholarship from whatever church is uh, is offering
1: that class. You can get a scholarship to pay for the class. So they never want you not to not. And I think if you Google it. Peace University, um, Dave Ramsey also is very spiritual based in his right. In his approach, and so for uh for 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 both of us, I
0: think that worked because I also took his class right um so that's the first thing if you don't have the money um then you can definitely find a scholarship for it so that you're you, he 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 doesn't want anyone turned around because they can't afford it, and mm-hmm. the second thing is they offer daycare, so if you're a single mom out there or a single father out there, and you just can't you know this you don't want to pay for it. you just don't want to pay for a sitter or can't pay for a sitter. They have daycare, so that you can put your child in daycare and also take this class and, and not worry about extra funds to do this. So um that's the first two things I wanted to say about it. But really that class turned it turned our lives around. It really did. And we took the instruction, we took the homework, some of the things were not easy to do, and still to this day we um we practice many of the things that we learned. So, I would encourage you um listener from Ohio to find some type of if you if you can do that program, it would be awesome, but any type of program maybe in your local church or um local community center um and just have somebody come in and help you and show you some steps on how you can um do it and then after that, it is up to you after that, what you learn and what you take in, you have to follow those steps in order to in order to see some growth. And the other thing is if you fall and you go a week and you didn't do it right or you go a month and you, you know, totally went off path, just get right back up again and start Ask over. for a redo. <laughs> and just ask for a redo. Press right, the reset right. button, you know. Um, so
1: thank um, you Tasha, for that question. Tasha, I also want to follow up. There's a couple of other resources that I want folks to um, know about. Um, Rita, Rita, which is spelled R-E-E-T-A Wolfson, um, if you look up financialsocialwork.com, she's got some incredible tools that individuals can use. And I like Rita because she rephrased it for me. Instead of thinking of it as a budget, um, she calls it a spending plan. And so what happens is we know that we are going to spend money, but how do we spend money um in a way that um we're aware of the emotional connection to money? We also probably from our families have seen um and learned different habits about how and what we how we think about money and, you know, budget can bring highs to, to I mean, it gives me hives to think about the budget part. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, you know, the thing about Dave Ramsey is you really do need to have an accountability partner.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a
1: business with a woman who chastised me this morning about making not such a good decision with um, a purchase. And even though I, you know, just sucked it up, I was like, ah, um, I needed her to be strong with me and to hold me accountable. And so thinking of someone who's also interested in, um, in achieving, maybe there's a financial goal you have in mind. You know, maybe it's something like fun, like a vacation or a cruise or something. Or maybe it's just knowing by the end of the month you've paid everything and you're, you know, you, everything's cool. Everything's paid for. And so we do have to be very purposeful and planful, but really looking at, um, some of you know why do you think what you think about budgeting and about really your relationship with money? Where did that come from, and how do you start to reframe it and rethink it? I was also with a single mother in a fabulous house yesterday, um, mm-hmm. who who is a spiritual guide for me. God has put her in my life, and I am just so very grateful. Um, she has raised a young man who is now a lawyer and about to get married, and has incredible faith and what she said to me is I do have an idea about how what's in the bank account but I don't balance my checking account I let God handle that and so you know there's these different (laughs) friends of thought um around you know if I know that God's got it that it's the provisions of God are going to be so more than me stressing over, wait, did I add that up right, correctly? Did I subtract That's that true. correctly? Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be accountable for, you know, when you have used the ATM when your bank was right down the street that you could have not had that fee. Um, but it really is being prayerful about, God, how how do I become a good steward over the resources you give me? I know that it's going to be right. enough, but I want to be a good steward, you know. And for me, I sometimes have to seed um, in my tithing because I feel like I uh, I'm getting ready to start working in fear, and so you know that's a really kind of crazy way to think, but. I saw evidence, and I really believe that God's going to provide and as we get to know each other, ladies we will you know you'll hear more about um kind of you know what that looks like in the space, but thank you so much for asking that that's a crucial question um whether you're married or um you know being a parent uh in a sing- in a household a single household
0: right. All
1: right. Well, the questions are actually
0: pouring in, so I got another one. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. We got a caller from our listener from Phoenix, Arizona. She said, uh, there's a feeling of shame associated with being a single mom. I want to meet someone new, but I don't feel confident. What are your thoughts?
1: Was that a – that was a – so she's a single mother. God bless you. Mm Um. And it sounds like she's ready to start to tap into, you know, maybe the the companion desire. Because um, I think that we do kind of break ourselves up into these little components. And it's, um, it's much more comfortable for us to say, I'm just going to concentrate on being a good mom. Mm-hmm. When, for me, I thought it was very important that my children see me as a well-rounded woman. And so um, having interactions with the opposite sex um, was very important for for me. I'm raising girls. And so I want them to see me in a healthy relationship. And so I also want them to know that I have lots of friends. I grew up with all boys. So Tasha was probably one of my, you know, first adult woman real connected friends because Mm -hmm. I tend to have a lot of guy friends. And so I say if you start off as friends first, but for me, I'm very clear. If you meet me, you know that I'm a mom, and you know that my girls are priority. And if you are, in fact, a parent, and your kids are not a priority for you, we're probably not going to do well together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, kind of clear. You know, if you're not taking care of your own then, you know, mm, we're probably, I think you're cute. I think this food that we're eating is delicious. Um, So what you want to do is you really want to uh, establish what are the standards and values that you want um, your children to understand when it comes to relationships. And for you, you are God's child. You have got to be perfect because he makes no errors. And so whether it is wondering if, you know, fear-based because I might have a pudgy belly now versus, you know, 20 years ago when I was tight, (laughs) know Mm -hmm. that that is who you are right now, love it, and know that there are, you know, it's such a small, our physical is such a small piece of what attracts us and what is attracting to others. And so, um, you know, I I also, again, be very prayerful about, you know, God, I really, you know, I kind of want to get back out there. I don't see myself as being only a single mother. And so, Uh you know, ask for his wisdom and also talk to some of your friends who have made that transition because they can help you, you know, kind of say, well, this is how I did it, and then you come up with what works for you and know that, It is your journey, and it cannot be wrong if it is done with a spiritual mind and with God leading you and listening to your spirit. It cannot be wrong. It might go wrong, but you will be able to learn from it and move forward. And so I just want to encourage you to, you know, think about something fun that you want to go do, and even if you have to take a girlfriend with you to do it, um, start there. But I would, you know, really as a single mom, I make it very clear from the very beginning that my parenting is a huge part of who I am right now. I'm very lucky that I do have every other weekend off where I call it a child, you know, a kid's free weekend. And so then I get to connect with the woman and girlfriend and, you know, um, the other parts of me that I may have to reserve during the times that I physically have my children. But I'm still right. thinking of and and acting um in a way that that's gonna be valuable to them as well,
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense, and just to speak on the shame that she mentioned, um you know like regina said you you are a child of God, so there's no shame in the choices that we made that we make in our life. We are not our choices, we are not yeah. determined by this one choice that we made. 4 years ago or 3 years ago mm-hmm. all that you can do is take that choice and say i'm going to make the best of it going forward and mm-hmm. and and be the best single mom until there is that day that that you may be blessed and you can and you can enter into a marriage with someone or you may be a single mom for the duration we don't know what our path is but whatever it is whatever it is you you just hold on to that and you strive to be the best that God has intended for you to be in right. in that
1: space in that yeah. space let so go I, let I, go of that shame that that shame yeah. has ruined many a blessings and blocked so many yeah. um people's ability to move forward and just be phenomenal and that's what God wants us to demonstrate that he has phenomenal children you know have no that that, that shame is oppressive and if there's someone who is um reinforcing that shame, you might need to take a break from them. <laughs> you yeah. may need to call them for who they are, and that may be their perspective, but that is not what um, you have evidence of. You have evidence of God wants you to be happy, and everything that you want, he wants you to have and have in abundance. So I thanks agree. for that wow. question because it's so real when you're trying to decide is it too early, is it too, you know, is it time, when do I introduce the kids, but really surrounding yourself with a support system that can help you make the best decision, make the decision, and then keep it moving. That's right. Uh, make the decision and keep it moving. I like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are uh, cl- close to – um the end of our show we got about 15 more minutes so um just wanted to um, let you know again if you want some questions you can send in questions to devoted moms on facebook you can also go to sylvia global email listeners at com, and you can email your questions in if you'd like to remain anonymous or you can call in and, um, and ask your questions we'd love to hear from you um, so what do you think about some of the opportunities that you can that you can benefit from when going from, from a transition, even especially when it's a transition that you don't have much control over? What are your thoughts on how you can gain opportunity from that?
1: Well, I think, for, I mean, I'm one of those persons, I kind of think change is good. And so if it's going to stir it up a little bit, just kind of embrace, you know, embrace that this is a step, um, hopefully forward. Sometimes transition also means that we have to go back to, you know, kind of um, get a, a firmer foundation. I feel like that's what I had to do when um, when my marriage was over. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I say, Brian, pushed me just straight into the arms of the Lord. And so I had to go back to the foundation that has sustained me before this and prepared me. You know, for in fact, becoming a single mom and being um, the sole provider at points for my my children, and so right. I think that um, whatever faith system you have, whether it is in fact um, God, Allah, um, whatever you believe, has gotten you and giving you the ability to be who you are right now, um, I, I think you really do have to have to tap into that and make it very active. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, sometimes we think our transitions, if we, you know, if we're too logical, you know, we've mm-hmm. got to figure out from A goes to B, goes A to C. Right. Mm-hmm. And depending on your temperament and your personality type, um that can be a challenge because transitions often are not linear they are not a b c d you know you might skip from a and go to go to l and so finding some some comfort and some support <clears throat> i mean tasha's really good with me about that um just knowing that it may it may not be in the order that i thought it was going to be um but it is in divine order and you'll hear us going, I always go back to, in fact, I just bought um, my purchase <laughs> that I got chastised for was a card <laughs> holder, um, an engraved card holder for my new business cards for my business community speaks. And what I was determined to have as my inner inscription, so when I open it up, is God's got it. And yes, it was three dollars a word, but these are very important words to <laughs> me they're very important words, <laughs> and I felt like they were worth the nine dollars and and so um so i so i so I do think that you had to have um you, you also have to be able to laugh about it, you know that it's not gonna be in the exact direction as you are, and it's not gonna look exactly like you thought um but that Keep the hope that the, that it's going to be even better, and yeah. so that's the opportunity in it. We could spend a lot of time talking about the the deficit part. Um, so, Tasha, we're talking about, or we're very close to be finished today, um, but I do want oh, to we actually help. have one more question. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, and then we have to do our so we-
0: story. That's right. So let's squeeze in one more question, and then okay. um, we'll move on to our God story. This okay. question is from San Mateo, California. Uh, she said, I really need couch time, and my girlfriends <laughs> are still out and about partying.
1: Mm-hmm. So my
0: values seem to be shifting, and mm-hmm. it is affecting my friendships.
1: Right. Um,
0: and this is, you know, I mean, this kind of speaks to us because we've been friends mm-hmm. for 20 years. And so we've we've definitely gone through different you know moments and and times in our life when we've been shifting from this mm-hmm. to that, you know I shifted to motherhood first and then you've shifted to to marriage first and then I shifted to marriage and then so we've gone through a lot of shifting in mm-hmm. our relationship um so what do you think has been kind of the key reasons or factors on on how we were able to keep our relationship with what was going on in our lives?
1: Well, I think one is that, you know, we also met when I was, you know, I was in my late 20s. And you were in your early 20s, mm-hmm, um, early 20s. And so I think I had experienced, you know, being able to just walk away from friendships. And then I also had learned that there are mature friendships and there are friendships that are for season. And it may be... Um, Uh, our listener in California, that this might be a season season maybe ending for this friendship. It doesn't mean that you can't come back around to it. Um, There were times where I certainly, you know, where Tasha was in, you know, super mommy mode, and I was trying to get pregnant. And so there were times that, you know, I wasn't as enthused as I feel like I should have been as her best friend and godmother of, you know, of Jordan. Um, But I also then, you know, talked about it. And it's okay if sometimes you have to take a break, especially if it's your values that are driving you. Um, Mm -hmm. And it may be that your friend, you know, might, you may end up being the model. And it doesn't mean you're not willing to have fun and hang out, but you want to do it in a way that may be more appropriate and more consistent with, um, a set of values that you now are embracing. Um, guaranteed, if it's a real friend, um, it's very difficult to sever forever. Um, yeah. If it is someone who perhaps you experience life with at a, for a moment um, or for a cycle, a part of your, your life cycle, then that will come very obvious. Um, but, but talk about it with your friend and, and, and see where that goes, and it will become very clear um, through your actions and also through the discussion. Is this someone that I'm going to do life with, or you know maybe this is the part of life that I've that I've that I've done? So you know, touch. I think. That, I mean, that's that's my kind of take on it.
0: Yeah, I, I would I would say so too. And just um, you know, like you said, if a, a true friend is going to have an understanding of where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. And so when when we were at different points in our lives, we still um, understood the base foundation of our friendship, and we were still empathetic to what each other was going through at that time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. if you have a friend that's only thinking about what they're going through, then, you know, like you said, maybe that's time for the friendship to sever and you can kind of come back around when your friend is able to really be there for you and what you're going through. Because that's really what yeah. true friendships are about. It's not just only about, you know, going to a bar, meeting guys, and drinking. I mean, that's fun, you know, and <laughs> there's a time and place for that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah. true friendships are the ones that, wow, when life is rough and life is tough or you have really hard decisions to make, you have mm-hmm. that person that you can go to at 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and and go to them and say, I need you. Right. And th- that's really yeah. who you want to surround yourself with, and who I really feel like God has actually blessed me with to have friendships friendships like that because
1: so they are no hard time, to go by. What is it? No time too early or time too late to reach I out? Think so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've told you that before. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and look, I've, I've I've expressed it with you. I mean, I've actually actively done that with you um (laughs) we have about five minutes um so one of the things that we want to make sure that we have in each of our interactions even if it's virtual interactions um tasha and i often call each other with a god story and so it is some way that god showed up and sometimes it can be very profound and sometimes it can be very subtle um but just really kind of cool and so um Tasha, do you have a god story today? Let me think. Let me see if I have a god story today. Well, while you're thinking, I have one that happened you this morning. Yeah. Okay. I am house sharing. I have a housemate who has two daughters and um she is going through a divorce and so we are supporting each other. Um uh, on that and so imagine there are six females under the same house, and even our um, our dog um, Poochie is also a girl. So at any time there are seven seven estrogen filled bodies in the house. <laughs> and so mornings can be very very interesting. Um, and there are times where we parallel parent, and there's times where we intersect parent, and um, And all of our girls know that, you know, the beginning and the end is that we love them and we want the best for them and we are available for each of them. And so this morning, two of the girls, uh, one who is five and the other who is um, eight, um, had a bit of a disagreement and, and it just, you know, they can either squash it really quickly or it can escalate. Um and in the midst of this, you know, trying to uh de-escalate and get ready for school, um the 5-year-old comes into my room after I've had a conversation with the 8-year-old and kind of talked through it and you know the 8-year-old did have some challenges and she's probably still not happy about how it was resolved. Um but the 5-year-old came into my room and I said, "Hey girl, what's going on? What you need?" And even though I wanted to be like, you started this mess this morning, you know, in my head, I I was just like, really? Are you coming in my room? But I, you know, want to be consistent, and I just said, God, I need you to help me with this Um, very quickly. And she said, "Miss Regina, I need a hug. And I said, a hug for me? And she said, yes. And... I, you know, grabbed her and hugged her, and I said, "You know what? Just like you needed a hug, I need for you to work it out. I need for you to be a friend, and I need for you to 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 figure out how do you get along and how do you how do you become a good friend." And you know, with 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 my eight-year-old Sims. and then she, the five-year-old, kind of hung out a little while and really was waiting because she realized that she had started some chaos. And I don't think, you know, no one intends for their chaos to be monumental, but depending on the range of emotion of an estrogen-filled child, um, that can look different. But she, when I, when she asked me for a hug, and I unconditionally, you know, gave her and embraced her and told her I love her, um, I just felt like, you know, like, okay, God, thank you. Because certainly I wanted to go a whole different <laughs> Right. Oh, my gosh, we're getting ready to go. We have 40 seconds left. This was okay. an awesome first show. I love you, Zita. I love you, too, Tasha. <laughs> and so thanks for everyone who's listened. We'll be back next Thursday. Um, next Thursday. 1.30 Eastern time, uh, which I think equates to 10.30 Pacific time. Um, You can always read this on Facebook. Uh, Also, Devoted Moms. Devoted Moms. Uh, Thank you so much. And God bless all of you. God's got it.